0: Welcome to the build a life after loss podcast, uplifting support for your grief and healing journey. We're here to encourage your hope in the future and strengthen your confidence so that you can build a life of purpose and joy. I'm your host, Julie Clough, certified grief coach. Hello, my friends. Welcome to episode 117. There's nothing wrong with you isn't that the best news ever? <laughs> when something doesn't feel good, we think there's something wrong with us. Our our modern culture, our modern um, way of thinking has separated us from our feelings. And so we don't know how to deal with our feelings, much less the feelings of others. When we don't know how to deal with our own feelings, then it's much harder for us to deal with other people's feelings as well. Because of this, because we don't know this, because we are separated from our, our feelings, we can quickly think there's something wrong with us when we don't feel good. We think we're supposed to be happy all the time, but it's not true. We're not supposed to be happy all the time. That wouldn't even make sense. There's nothing wrong with you if you're grieving. Grief is our natural, normal response to loss. It's the way it's supposed to be. Of course, we don't want to feel good about what's happened. It wouldn't make sense for us to go from a devastating loss to happy overnight. It wouldn't make sense. It's possible to get to happy, but it's ultimately, but it's not our our normal response, it's not even, it doesn't even make sense. We don't even want to feel, we don't want to feel happy when something bad has happened. I was listening to the book, Uh, Waking the Tiger, Healing Trauma recently, and the author equates our responses to trauma to the response of an animal to their trauma. It got me thinking about how animals respond to their world they eat and sleep peacefully unless they are provoked or they sense danger. In the book, the author talks about this very idea. They sense danger, they have a heightened response, they go on alert, but then as soon as the danger uh, leaves, they go right back to eating and sleeping. It's like their, their bodies are attuned to or instinctively just move from that heightened state to a state of calm, to a heightened state when it's necessary to a state of calm. But we have a human brain, not an animal brain. And our human brain doesn't run solely on instinct. We do have a lot of instinct and we do have a lot of programming that greatly influence our actions and behaviors. But we... Unlike animals, animals run mainly on instinct. We have a human brain that thinks and uh, gets involved. And that's good news. It means we can have this conversation. (laughs) We can talk about this. We can learn. We can learn from each other. We can learn from ourselves. And we can do all kinds of cool things because of that. But sometimes our brain isn't trained and it runs away with us. So instead of allowing our feelings to move through us, we often interrupt the process with thoughts and feelings about what we're experiencing. Well, we always, we always, our process of um, feelings is, is always accompanied with other thoughts and feelings. And we can slow this down so that we can learn to allow feelings but when we have additional thoughts and feelings on top of the feelings that we're having, and especially if we feel like we've we've taken on this modern attitude that feelings we shouldn't ever feel anything except for happy or excited, um, then we we find ourselves heaping judgment on top of ourselves instead of allowing what we feel. I still find myself in that trap. I think this is an, is going to be something that, that we just always deal with. But when we're aware and we practice feeling instead of judging our feelings, we can get way better at it. But it's, it's something that just as humans, we do. And this is what I do. And that's okay because I would much rather, I would much rather have to, um, I would much rather want to be involved in my feelings and involved in my thoughts and, and doing all the cool things than just purely responding from instinct. And I I have a human brain. I have a human brain too. So we are all learning and progressing, including me. Mine will look like, you know, my thoughts that I'll heap on top of certain feelings are you've got all these tools, like tools, why can't you figure this out? You know, so, so I'll create a little bit of judgment about, you know, you've got this information, you've got this knowledge, you've been studying this, you should know better, it, it kind of takes that track, you should know better. I think we all have a track of you should know better. I, I think we all have a track of I should be further along. I think we all have a track of, you know, I, I, sh- I should be doing better. You know, that those are common tracks we all run on and they just look a little different for every person. But if we if we get involved then we can we can at least be aware of what's happening and we can be aware that we're running that track and we can get involved and interrupt it. Because there's not a magic land I wish I could tell you there was, but there's not a magic land in which we arrive and everything is perfect and everything is rainbows and lollipops that doesn't exist. And thinking it does, doesn't help us. Because thinking that that land exists where everything is hunky dory, <laughs> everything is perfect, creates so much stress for us. It creates so much um, anxiety for us because we're like, why, why aren't we there? Why can't we live there? But what if we just accept that it doesn't exist and our feelings are our feelings, and we get to learn how to be involved. That land doesn't exist. It's, it's really just about continuous progression. Nothing has gone wrong when things go wrong. Okay, that sounds crazy. I know it sounds crazy, but think about it. Nothing has gone wrong when things go wrong. When things are, and, and when I say go wrong, You know, I I think maybe we should even rethink that. Nothing has gone wrong when things look different than we expected. It's our expectations. We expect to get up in the morning. We expect to get dressed. We expect to be able to get our kids off to school. We expect to get in the car and our car to start and arrive to work on time. We expect to do our work without interruption, without conflict. But that's not really what happens what if we just accepted that things are going to happen? Kids are going to get sick, the weather is going to be bad, dinner dinner burns, husbands get upset, wives get upset, children fight, and 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 don't do what they're told. Kids just don't do what they're told and we and what if we just decided not to make it mean that there's something wrong with us? We make mistakes we say the wrong thing, we do the wrong thing, we get triggered, we trigger other people. And it doesn't mean that something has gone wrong. It just means that this thing has happened. We don't have to make it mean something globally wrong with us. And I know that's our default. And that's the direction that we go. And that's okay. But it's like becoming more aware that that's what we're doing. It, something goes wrong, like a car doesn't start. And and we make it mean something. We make it mean something. Grief is an added stressor. So I want to talk about stress for a minute, because I want you to understand kind of what's happening here and why with grief, these little things that happen on a daily basis where, you know, kids get sick, or the weather goes bad, or, um, you know, kids fight, um, you know, those normal things that before our loss event, before something hard happened, we just handled them. You know, and some days we're better than others, but we handled them. So I want to talk a little bit about grief as an added stressor. When when we are in grief, when when these things happen, we just don't handle it as well as we used to. Because they are added, they are added stressors on top of the grief stress. Think of your capacity for stress as a large cup, as a large bowl, whatever container. I want you to take that container, like, you know, close your eyes and and think about taking a container out of your cupboard. What does it look like? What color is it? What shape is it? Okay, now I want you to think about that container as being your, as representing your capacity for stress. When uh, a kid brings home a bad report card, you add stress to the cup. When you're late for work because your car wouldn't start, you add stress to the cup. When you have a fender bender, you add stress to that, that bowl, that container. When you're ill, you add stress to that container. But you also empty that container as you move your body through the day, as you get rest and relax and you work through things in your mind. You have a natural response to adding and deleting stress so that you don't overfill your capacity for stress. But when you have a loss event and the corresponding grief, it immediately fills and overflows your capacity for stress. So picture that that container that you've pulled out of your cupboard and picture that filled with, not just the normal everyday stressors of life, but filled to capacity and overflowing with grief. Now, if any ordinary mishap happens in life, like a burnt dinner or a late arrival, or someone's saying something snippy, the stress is piling into a container that's overflowing. So there's nowhere for it to go. And that's why we feel so reactive. And that's why why you may feel snippy or angry or incapable or triggered. It's super easy to be easily stressed and jump to Everything is falling apart. Everything is awful. I'm awful. There's something wrong with me. Do you see where this leads? But the problem is not that something is wrong with you. It's because your capacity for stress is compromised. Your container is overflowing. The amount of stress you're dealing with is over the top of your capacity. It doesn't feel good. It feels awful. In fact, But pointing to the real problem will help you to relax a little and start to find solutions. When you think that there's something wrong with you, when you think there's something wrong with me, you're solving the wrong problem. You'll be looking for the wrong solutions. You'll stop trying because you'll start believing there's something wrong with me. And there's nothing that can be done because there's something wrong with me. And when I say you're solving from for the wrong problem, what if you recognize that your stress bowl is overflowing and you worked on reducing the stress? It's one of the reasons why creating a really busy schedule in grief in order to avoid your grief doesn't work because your your capacity for stress is overflowing. And by by becoming over busy, you're actually adding additional stress. So solve for the added, the overflowing stress, not for there's something wrong with me. The truth is we feel best when we're progressing. Already we know that grief is uncomfortable, but getting stuck in grief is doubly uncomfortable. Because we want to be progressing. That's our natural human need is to progress. And I believe in grief we are progressing, but because we because we view it as as going backwards, like because we view it as um, grief or our loss event as a a huge um, a huge event that, that takes us backwards. and and I get why we do that, then we automatically feel like we've lost the game. We automatically feel that we're behind. We automatically feel that something has gone terribly wrong. Because as humans, we want to progress. And when you're grieving, you may not even notice your progress. You may not even know what progress looks like. Or what it takes to make progress through your grief, and the the messy middle that the messy middle of grief is where um, where we can easily get stuck, and where we can easily start thinking there's something wrong with us. That's why I love walking with people through steps to work through their grief is because it not only helps them make progress, it helps them to see the progress they're making. It was interesting to me how many of my clients this, this past week said something along the lines of, this program helps me pay attention and not just try to avoid my grief. So they're seeing the progress. Avoiding doesn't work anyway, right? Of all the things I've mentioned today, the most important piece is for you to know that there is nothing wrong with you. Continue to practice the thought, healing is available to me. I am figuring it out. I continue to attract into my life the people and the resources to help me to heal. I'm going to repeat those affirmations again. I want to repeat that for you again. Healing is available to me. I am figuring it out. I continue to attract into my life, the people and the resources to help me heal. Grief is a huge challenge. Grief is a huge challenge. And when we get stuck in the middle, we start believing that there's something wrong with us, but there's nothing wrong with you. You're in grief and grief is hard and it's messy. And I know how hard and complicated it is. I've been there. I almost completely lost myself to the pain of grief. That's why I'm here. Because I couldn't do it alone. And you're not meant to do it alone. You need someone in your corner. If you've been putting off scheduling your free discovery call, for whatever reason, then now is the time to schedule. I teach and coach from experience and from knowledge. I'm in your corner. I'm here to help. Schedule your free discovery call today. It's so easy. Go to buildalifeafterlosscom talk. That's T-A-L-K. Have a fabulous week. Remember, I believe in you. I love you.